0: Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Reynolds, and today we have a special bonus episode, which is a continuation of my very, very, very special interview with one of my leadership icons, Mo Anderson. And we're going to continue the conversation that me and her had, and eavesdropping on the conversation. Get out your pen get out your paper, get ready to learn because the next part of this interview literally changed the way that I lead, the way that I talk to my people. And I know if you take everything she says to learn from it, I know it's going to have an impact on you as well. So enjoy this episode and take some notes and I will see you afterwards. Let's talk about that because I think that is what your your nickname, not so much nickname, but your reputation, amazing reputation is to be everybody the Velvet in, hammer.
1: Everybody in the company calls me the Velvet Hammer. Yeah, so it's not,
0: so, and you have said it twice now. So you start with love. So tell us the the framework. Well let me give for how you, some you have examples. conversations.
1: When you work with an ALC, sometimes you have an ALC member that is rude and ugly in a meeting. Or maybe you have an ALC member who comes late every meeting. So let's just pretend it's an ALC problem or you have one that never comes. It would go like this. I would call you and say, Sarah, I need to talk to you. You're Let's pretend you're on my yes. ALC. Sarah, I need to talk to you just for a couple of minutes. Can you slip by when you're finished doing whatever you're doing, if you have any time today or tomorrow? And you'll say yes, and, and you'll come in and I'll say, here's the love. I, I would say, Sarah, I want you to know you are one of the Best ALC members we have. You absolutely, when you speak, you speak with great wisdom. You have marvelous ideas, and I want you to know how much I appreciate you as Mm -hmm. an ALC member. We have a problem. You've been showing up 30 minutes late for the last four meetings. And because ALC is the role model group in the office that demonstrate the behaviors we want to see, that is unacceptable. So I have a question for you. Would you be willing to exercise great discipline for the balance of the year and seriously make an effort to be on time because you're probably one of the greatest role models on the ALC would you do that as a favor to me oh my goodness (laughs) no that like we could end the whole master class that was so beautiful wow I I was trying to write as fast as I could (laughs) and then you'll say yes And I'll love, so it's like a sandwich. The bread on top is the love, the meat or whatever you've got in the middle is the dagger. Yes. (laughs) Because I was very honest with you. That behavior is unacceptable and here's why. Yes. Because you're a role model. Yes. Because the ALC is supposed to be the entity in a market center that demonstrates the behaviors we want. And then see, you'll say yes. And then here's what I'll say. Oh, Sarah, darling, I knew you'd say yes. You are just the most awesome person ever. Wow. From that moment on, you won't be late unless you have illness or something bad happens. Wow. The,
0: so oh my love, goodness. So good. Put
1: in the dagger and then love. Love, putting the I dagger. When I say put in love. the dagger, I I don't mean to be mean. I mean I mean to be honest. Mm. And give them a reason why what they're doing is unacceptable. So good. Like I, I de hired. I de-hired an agent the other day as the OP because he was so rude and mean and ugly to the staff. And I'm mm. not going to put up with that. That's another That's standard. Right. Yeah. It wasn't three strikes and out like I usually operate by. It was one strike and you're out. <laughs> and he'd been with the market center for 13 years Oh, he, he did 5 million in volume or whatever it was. Um, and I, he wanted to meet with me because he knew he was in trouble and he thought he could con me into taking his side. <clears throat> and so um I, uh, had the meeting with him. I had the team leader with me because I wanted her to see me dehire him. I thought she mm. learned something from it. So I said, you wanted to see me, so share with me what you want to tell me and and he did and it was seven areas of complaints about the staff. And so I wrote down each thing he said. And at the end, he was real snarky and he said, I hope you heard me. And I said, Well, let's check and see if I did. So I read back to him what I'd written down and I was right on. And then I said, May I share with you uh, something I'm concerned about? And he said, Yes. And I said, I have really been concerned that during the 13 years you've been here, you've always been totally negative. You're not happy here. Mm. You never have been. Mm. So, so a decision has been made. That's always my line when I fire somebody. <clears throat> dehire somebody is what I call it. A decision has been made, and I smiled and I said, It's so important to us that you find a real estate home where you're happy and you don't have to be negative. Today is your last day. And when we finish with this conversation, I want you to go in and pack up your things, and I'd like you to be gone by 5 p.m. Mm. And uh, I wasn't mad, I wasn't angry, you know, it was just, and he started in. I mean, he started in. So I listened with a smile on my face. And when he got about a third of the way through his little tirade, I hit my hand on the desk. Did you hear me? A decision has been made. Go to your office now. Mm. And he went to his office, moved out, and we had so many agents coming to think, thank us for getting rid of him. You can't imagine. Wow. Wow. They were fed up with him.
0: <laughs> so so many times that's leadership, right? That's making the hard decisions for the 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 better either. The things that need to happen to reach your mission, reach the vision of the company and or to protect the culture. But it was based
1: on a standard of being respectful to the staff. Now, what made you not do the three warnings with him? Because he had done it for 13 years and I was sick of people coming to me and telling me because the previous team leaders, they were just scared to do it. And so it needed to be done. It just needed to be done. But normally you follow a three. Talk yeah, about that. I do. I, I usually follow a three strike program. Now, when I was CEO with a market center, it was strike number one. Then it was the fierce conversation with love, put in the dagger and love. Strike number two, maybe I gave them six months to um, increase their GCI or whatever the issue was. Then it was another fierce conversation. And then strike three was when I had legal prepare the the legal letter to send out that I was putting them in default. And then after the default letter went out, I would follow up with him real carefully to encourage them, try to help them. And then when I knew it wouldn't happen because they shouldn't have ever been an owner anyway, um, then of course, when the deadline came, I didn't give him an extension unless I saw a certain amount of improvement. Hmm. Now, with... Um, as CEO, when I I dehired a person who was head of the marketing department because she was constantly telling people to bring her coffee and go get her paper for her. And she would do it in a condescending way. Mm. You know. And um, she was arrogant and ugly with them when she would do it Mm. so I had conversation number one with her and when I have that conversation I go into the meeting with my talking points on a piece of paper what I'm gonna the points I want to bring out to her and no matter what her response is I don't care what she says back to me. I go to the next talking point. And it makes me me stay on track because we're not going to have a discussion. I'm there to tell her what I see and what she needs to do to correct it. Mm. And then in the second strike... One of my talking points will be, if there if there's one more strike, I will dehire you. So she, she's got her warning. So the day came, you know, she could only behave about two weeks. Oh. you you know what I mean? She, oh, she could be nice and wonderful, but she didn't have the psychological energy to be able to be nice longer than two weeks. Mm. I've forgotten what her AVA, her behavioral instruments said, but, um, so the day came and I I set up the meeting. I didn't go over anything. I said, a decision has been made. And we will help you move your things to your car. And she threatened me with a lawsuit and all that stuff, which she never did do. So, when they threaten you, you just have to let it run off of your skin like water on a duck's (laughs) back.
0: Oh, write that down, someone. I'm like like trying to write and then also uh, listen here. I've got a page and a half just on how uh, having a velvet hammer conversation. And a couple of things that I want to highlight that you said that I want to make sure everyone heard you that that I want to really shine the light on because I am seeing a big um, shift in I think it's just a generational leaders that are in different generations that are leading now. You said something Two or three times, that's important. Most of these conversations, it sounds like we're in person.
1: Is that right? Oh, always. Okay. I, I don't dehire anybody unless it's, I don't do any, I don't have a fierce conversation or anything with anyone without it being eyeball to eyeball. Because oh, there's good. a totally different dynamic that occurs on the phone or on a Zoom or whatever. Yes. Um, Never, 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 never do that. Okay. I think that's really important. I'm seeing a lot of leaders handle hard
0: conversations like in different ways, but not face-to-face. And I'm such a big believer in that as well. And so I wanted to highlight that. The other thing you, you said well, that I want to make it's sure... it's
1: demeaning. Because if if Gary had wanted to fire me, and if, if he did it by phone or he did it some way... I would think he doesn't value me at all. True. If he valued me, he would t- he would be with me. True. That's so true.
0: The the other thing you you said you know, love then dagger then love. One big thing that stood out to me, and and I want everyone to hear this, is that it love also equals appreciation for you, like meaning. You don't. You didn't. When you role played that, you weren't just saying. Um, you weren't just saying like you're you're great or showing type. You actually showed appreciation
1: for who they are. Appreciation for well, what they bring. Yes, because it's all about the behavior. See, I said to you that behavior is not acceptable, and the reason why. Mm. Did I value you as a person? You bet I did. I'd give anything to have Sarah Reynolds in a market center I owned. (laughs) That is. Because you're valued so much. But if I really love you and care about you, I'm going to point out to you certain things that you might do that if you quit doing them, you would even be held in more esteem. Mm. So good. So good. So. Showing,
0: making sure that we're, when we're having these conversations that we are talking about the behavior, not attacking the person, right. it's the behavior. Don't attack the
1: person because I don't care what the person has done. He, that person has value, uh, you know, so just good. like the guy I fired. I said, you know, it's so important to me that you're happy. Yep. And I'm gonna set you free, so, so to speak, so that you can find that little niche where you belong. So good. Because he was so good. frustrated.
0: It doesn't matter what someone does; they all have value. That's Ooh, right. Mark it down, qu- qu- quoting the one Mo Anderson. That's awesome. Okay, let's let's shift gears here. I mean, uh, we could talk about this Velvet Hammer and learn from you so much. But I do want to talk about the first step of leadership is leading ourselves. And you Mm -hmm. already shared with us quiet time in the morning from five to six. How how else did you regulate your emotions? Like so 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 many times we have to have conversations. We have to deal with things, especially when you're nine, 10 on the aggressive scale. What did you do to regulate your emotions to where you could lead or did you not?
1: no in my younger days I would often get angry and um then I when you're angry you all no matter if it's just a little bit of anger you say something you shouldn't true and as I matured Because remember, in May, I'm four years away from 90. So I've had a lot of experience. And some of you are so young and you haven't had a chance to to grow in that area. But I just really realized that, you know, every time I got mad, I really ran a risk.
0: Mm. Because
1: you may say something that could actually get you sued. Uh, for example, we, when I was CEO, now we were much much smaller. We weren't at one hundred ninety thousand. <laughs> um, every lawsuit that someone threatened to do, um, to file against us, or did file against us, I always flew to their destination and sat down with them and. Eyeball to eyeball said, You know what? We don't need to make the attorneys rich. Let's just work this out. And I have a story in my book that I wrote. Um, I went to de, to um, Detroit to work on a very, very serious lawsuit that an owner had filed against us because our regional director made a mistake. Mm. And I was, I went by myself. I didn't take our paralegal. I didn't take our lawyer. And I ended up in a very, very high class, high dollar law firm. And I was waiting in a conference room and the head lawyer for our owner He's about six foot six, and he weighed probably 250 pounds or so. He comes then to that conference room, and I think because I was a woman, he let me have it. Mm. He told me he was going to take Keller Williams down and blah, 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 blah. And I just sat there with my stomach turning, and my heart was beating fast, and I prayed for wisdom. And um, I just thought, oh my goodness, you know, I'm in too deep. (laughs) I should have brought a lawyer. And then we went into this big conference room where the regional director and his lawyer, and there I was, and the seller. And when the seller walked into the room, I got up, went over and gave him a hug because, you know, I'm a hugger. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I'm so happy to see you. I just wish it weren't, you know, here. <clears throat> so then when we sat down at the table, the his lawyer sat at the head of the table. And the minute everybody was seated, the good Lord popped into my head what I needed to do. And I began talking. I said, I'm the person who called this meeting. Mm. And I would like to tell you. And then I talked. And then that lawyer started yelling at me. So I stood up in my red suit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I stood up and I looked at our owner and I said, Mr. Owner, will you come into this conference room over here so you and I can have a talk without all this emotion and commotion? So he and I and his lawyer told him not to do it, but he did it anyway because why? I had always treated him. Mm. With a lot of respect, I hugged him. He couldn't turn me down if I'd hugged him. And of course, hugging is common in our company because we love each other. So we go in this conference room and I said, "Hun, let let's go to your office and get this solved. Because um, I'm tired of that guy yelling at me. Will you do that? Just for me. And he said yes. So mm. at the table, he said he wanted $400,000 from Keller Williams. And I put my hand out on his hand across the table and I said, Well, hon, you're not going to get that much. <laughs> now I can get by with that for some reason. A lot of people can't say, Hun, but I can. I've just used the heck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when we went to the uh, office to work it out, I got him to accept $25,000. Wow. And my legal team couldn't believe I'd done that. Wow.
0: <laughs> but it all started with you treating him with love and respect
1: your entire- when he walked into the room. And wow. then I'd seen him before, you know, and yes. I was always gracious and nice to him. I That was before he sued us. <laughs> but even <laughs> though he sued us, I stayed gracious wow. and nice. And then when he comes up with some stupid fig- figure, I just said, oh, hon, you know, you're not going to get that. Wow settled. I settled every lawsuit filed against Keller Williams during that 10-year period. Wow. We never went to court.
0: Oh my goodness. But you had to have stayed like to even be able to do that, you've had you had to have stayed calm and level headed and
1: well your heart may pound fast and your stomach. Fast, it's anger that causes you to say and do things you shouldn't. Mm. When you're scared, like I mm. was, it forces you to pray to the creator for wisdom. Mm. And the scripture says, if you pray for it, you'll get it. And wow. I have, I, I've gotten it like at the last minute. For example, we had two owners come and say, uh, Gary made them meet with me because they wanted to get a business divorce. And back then, they were one of our best market centers. Mm. One was Christian and one was Jewish. And they had been college buddies. And now they were oh, really mad wow. at each other. So I brought them both. I had no idea how I was going to do that meeting, didn't have a clue. And then right before the thought came into my head, get them in there and pray with them and melt their Mm. heart first. So I took them in the conference room and I said, you guys have been buddies for years. You have loved each other like two college buddies I've never seen. Now, Tom, you're a Christian. Dick, you're Jewish and we worship the same God. So grab my hand, grab each other's hand, and let's pray for this meeting. And I prayed things like their friendship would be restored and that we could really come up with a good plan for their business divorce. I mean, for specific things. Wow. And then I told one of them to go out and wait. What I discovered is they had. Goals that were non con, you know, they didn't converge. One wanted one thing and the other wanted the other. So we figured out a possible model for them to use in getting their business divorce. And then they took the plan to their lawyer. He wrote it up, everybody signed it, and they had an amicable divorce in about Six months later, I got a call from one of them, and he said, "We Mo, we just wanted you to know we've kissed and made up." Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I could see quickly that they really needed to part ways. yeah, because one wanted one thing and the other one wanted the other.
0: And there's a way to do that to keep and keep the relationship
1: intact, and which keep is the important. relationship intact
0: that's so good. So I love what you said. So anger causes us to say or do things that we will regret that aren't good. Being scared. I think this is so powerful guys. Are you, I I know you're hearing her, but I'm so pumped up. Um, being scared. She said to pray. You can also say, "I, I pray as well, but you could pause, um, some type of, um, of, Seek a higher power. Yes. Seek, seek a higher power. Pause and 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 think things through for wisdom, but do not respond in anger. Do not
1: respond in anger. So let the time go by. In my process of not getting angry, I I would often get angry, but I wouldn't respond. Okay, that, that's what I wanted to hear. Until okay. that anger <laughs> okay. has gone away. Because I okay. got in trouble too many times by saying terrible things when I was mad.
0: Yes. So you wouldn't respond until it went away. What would you say to allow for you to have the time? Is there a script you use? Well, or- one,
1: I I would always make sure to try to get the decision or the next part of the conversation tomorrow. Okay. See, that gave me the night. Okay. To think about it and to pray about it and to figure it out. So good. So good. Oh, this is
0: a, so, so many amazing things. I could keep going. Um, well, we're going to keep going. We, we have a few, a few more things. Um, is there anything that you
1: And I hate to use the term regret because I don't, I've seen every failure. I've got some regrets. Okay, tell us. Uh, When I built our first real estate office, which was way before Keller Williams was even in existence, um, giving birth to a company uh, it's very much like giving birth to a child, there's a little bit of pain involved. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so true. And, um, and because I have a lot of drive, uh, I missed a lot of my daughter's uh basketball games or football games where she was a cheerleader. Mm. Now, I, I didn't miss them all but I missed some and I missed some games where my son was running track. I didn't miss them all, but I missed some, And I really, really regret that because I could have shut down the office, gone to that game, gone back into the office and worked after the game. Mm. See, I, but I was so deep into what I was doing that I felt like I had to finish it and couldn't go. And I really regret that. I'll go to my grave with that regret. I've forgiven myself, but I regret it. So
0: you guys, guys hear her fellow mamas. There's a, there's a lot of uh, drive in us and, uh, and, and leading other people, but making sure that that glass ball that Gary talks about our family um, is always priority on, on the calendar. Thank that's you true. for uh, being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Cause I and know that see, that's hard.
1: Putting it on the calendar. I didn't do back then. I knew mm. she had a game and I planned to go, but I got caught up in the moment and thought I had to finish. Whatever it was. And see if I'd understood time management, I would have put it in my book, and I would have told everybody, "Hey, I have an appointment at five o'clock. I gotta go. Yeah, or six o'clock or four o'clock, whatever time that soccer game starts." Yes. So, pu- so putting, we're
0: going to talk about uh, managing our time in the first session because <laughs> leading ourselves <laughs> first, right, and making sure that our family time. Um, is on there and how to do that practically.
1: That's And, so and powerful. if you learn to delegate really well, it's a lot easier to leave for that soccer game. Yep. But the issue is in our Y4C2Ts, we say commitment in all things. Mm. That includes your children, that includes your friends, that includes everybody. So time blocking becomes a huge issue for a leader. Now, um, in time blocking, I have Kelly, who's been with me 18 years. Wow. I have her do it. So when people say, Mo, will you do such and such? I say, I would love to do it. Whether I can or not, I don't know. So call Kelly. She controls my calendar. Oh, and see, that's such a good script. When there's a, um, a a soccer game or a football game with my grandchildren, they're they're grown now. I have I have one great. Isn't that exciting? She's two. Oh, uh, you know. Then I'll put whatever it is on the cal. Have Kelly put it on the calendar, so she protects me and she helps me uh, with with time blocking in such a way. I, I often have people want c- conference calls and she'll try to put maybe two or three of them together so I can leverage my time. So Good. having a Kelly really helps.
0: Yes, for sure. Well, we are down to our last question and with, with this group and then Empire Circle has some time alone with uh, with Mo. Um, And so I'm, I'm conflicted on what the last question can be, but not too conflicted because our theme for my, for my company last year was culture always wins, culture always wins. And you Mo made the KW culture what it is um, today. And, and that I believe is so much of your legacy is in the culture, how we, how KW was built and feels as a family. What what do you think, if you had to pinpoint only one thing, which I know this is a really hard question, but what do you feel like you did as the leader to cultivate the remarkable culture that made it to where it became the number one brokerage? Because culture had to come first. How did you do that?
1: Number one, the Y4C2Ts, I made the regional directors memorize it. I made everybody in a market center that I owned, you had to memorize that. When we onboarded somebody, we told them the first thing you have to do is memorize the little acronym that tells how we're going to treat each other. The second thing I did was to teach them MVVBP because that's the second pillar of our culture. We talk about how we treat each other and what's our mission, our vision, our values, and of course, our beliefs, which is the way we treat each other. And then um, I saw the the six personal perspectives as the key to teaching people how to think. So I told Gary I wanted to make that um. One of the pillars of the culture, because there are four pillars: the Y, C, two T's, the MVVBP, six personals perspectives. That should be taught in your market center or on your team forever. You don't ever stop teaching these, because these are based on eternal truths, and they will be true. Win, win, or no deal will be as true five hundred years from now as sure. it is today. Personal perspectives, E to P will be true no matter what. And everything in real estate changes. And when agents see that the foundational piece of your team or your company is based on four pillars, it gives them a sense of security. And then if you get busy and kind of forget those four pillars, they know something isn't quite right. And then I put together a collaboration group to come up with the fourth pillar, which is what is culture? And it describes what a market center might look like. It describes what actions or behavior they might have. And then see the way we perpetuate culture in any company is to put a story with the Mm. point like win, win, or no deal. You know, I love my story. I tell it 5 billion times during the course of the year. But you need a story with every single one of those points. And sometimes stories will cover two or three points. You need a story about self-mastery. Mine is the one about Carrie Underwood and all of her talent and the tennis guy whose name I can't pull right now because I haven't told it in a while, who deliberately did not try hard to win at Wimbledon. They both had all this talent. One Mm. wanted to, man, make it. And the other one didn't. Mm. Self-mastery. And so you have to have a story because you learn. How did Jesus teach? Stories. He taught he taught the parables. Yep. And the way you teach is you explain the point and then you follow it up with the story because that's what makes the intellectual mind remember the point. So true. So true.
0: So how you made KW
1: culture the way it is is you you taught, but then on the forum. I held things- people accountable. When I was CEO, everywhere I went, I said, all right, everybody get up. And I'd make them turn off the PowerPoint or whatever it was to see if they could say the Y4C2Ts, to see if they could give the mission statement, to see. So they saw how I held them accountable. And when they were lousy, I said, we have a leadership problem in this region. All right, Mm. leaders, if I come back next year, I want this corrected. I wasn't easy on them. And then when I got them by themselves, I'd say, I can't believe how badly your people did. <laughs> Why yeah. is that? Why how did that happen? So, see, yeah. I just put a lot of emphasis on it because I knew I had learned how to build culture in the office I built years and years ago ago before Keller Williams, and I'd learned that of how you do it. And I was mm. just being prepared for when Gary Keller accidentally found me. That's right. That's right.
0: So you um, told stories to make sure the points were came across while you taught, to where they could see themselves in those stories. That's, that's what, right. You know, I always say facts tell, stories sell. Right? Meaning the stories will make a bigger impact on someone because
1: the fact is the statement. Yes, that's based on an eternal truth. Yes, and in the story, is what know, will, is what helps them remember. Yep, take it from the intellect and, to the heart. And Carrie Underwood was installed into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame the same time I was. I
0: know, and I, got I saw to that. Know her.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing.
0: Well, guys, was that not amazing to hear that full interview between me and Mo Anderson? And now, if you didn't know who she is, now you know why she's one of my leadership icons. So much gold that she shared in that episode. And one of the things that I have adapted and changed from that interview was how to handle difficult conversations, how she became the velvet hammer. And if each of us can implement that one thing. Not only will our people know that we love and care about them, but we will also get amazing results that will lead to us having a huge empire and at the same time, an even bigger life. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you got a lot out of it. And I wanna encourage you, if you did, to please leave us a five-star review so that we can continue to make an impact on those that are focused on having big businesses and of course, even bigger lives. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye.